Friends and enemies, welcome to the Progress Report. I am your host, Duncan Kinney. We're recording today here in Amiskwichiwiskaigan, otherwise known as Edmonton, Alberta, here in Treaty 6 territories on the banks of the Kasiskasawanisipi, or the North Saskatchewan River. Joining us today is Omar Salafu from the Is This For Real podcast. Omar, welcome back to the pod. How are you doing? Thank you for having me, Duncan. I'm doing pretty good. How are you uh, fending off the doom uh, these days? <laughs> well, uh, I try to forget about it and I try to joke about everything. You know, it's like that meme where it's like, if I don't joke about it, it's going to, you know, consume me, swallow me whole. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, everything's a big joke. Well, it's our lucky day because t- <laughs> we have come together today to discuss what is objectively a pretty funny UCP scandal. Um, we brought Omar in today to discuss... Uh, Justice Minister Casey Madu and uh, his recent phone call. Well, it wasn't recent, actually. It happened back in March. But his recently revealed uh, fact that he had a phone call with Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee just to discuss, you know, racial profiling and police surveillance, you know, just right after he got a $300 ticket for talking on his cell phone in a school zone. Omar, uh, uh, let's get into it. I will, again, I kind of gave the the summary of what's going on, but the CBC... Really, to start off here, kudos to the CBC, yes. to Elise Von Schiel and Janice Johnson for the reporting on the story. Bang up job. Uh, apparently, this is this happened back in March of 2021, but they were able to lock it all down and confirm it and get really just like insane quotes from Chief McPhee and everybody involved. Uh, I'm just going to quote directly from the story here just to establish what the hell it is that we're talking about. Quote, Alberta Justice Minister Casey Madu was fined for distracted driving and called Edmonton's police chief to discuss the ticket, CBC News has learned. Madhu was pulled over on March 10th, 2021, and fined $300 for being on his cell phone in a school zone, according to the ticket. Soon after, the minister phoned Dale McPhee, the city's chief of police, and discussed the violation with him. Minister Madhu did contact me via the telephone, concerned about a ticket, but just to be very, very clear, he never asked me to get out of the ticket, McPhee told CBC News in December, adding, he didn't know exactly what was on the ticket. Omar. As a quote, up high, that's like a pretty good one, right? <laughs> that is a very, very, very good quote. And I like the use of the word very twice. I feel like that just like really is the icing on the cake here. Like, Just to be clear, he yeah. did call me. I will <laughs> confirm the fact that the justice minister called me right after getting a ticket. But he, I just want to say, oh, he, didn't, he didn't want me to squash it. Hand to God. And I mean... Kudos to McPhee for for put for actually saying that out loud because of course you say that out loud and that has to be the the quote that's exactly up yeah um, because it's like oh yeah like my t shirt about the like molesting children is answering a lot of questions raised by my shirt like it's like oh yeah I mean I, I don't really care or I don't think it's super germane actually whether he asked to squash the ticket or not like the f- simple fact that the justice minister of Alberta called up the chief of police of Edmonton to discuss a ticket after he got one is. Again, like really bad and and concerning. It is. It is very concerning. And I think that, um, you know what, like you said before, um, it's it's not this like big deal. I think that people are making it out to be when it comes to this question of, um, you know, whether or not he tried to get his ticket dismissed, because I feel like that is a question that comes down to um, more of the implication in the call and less of whether or not there were actually words spoken that were directly, you know, implicating him and saying, I don't want this ticket on me. I want you to remove this. But I think the overarching problem is that, like you said, 
this is a justice minister calling the chief of police for a personal matter. Yeah, and just, the stinks. optics, it just stinks. Like the optics are just like very, very, very bad. And optically, the other hilarious part of this is, and the, and the, one of the reasons why the timing of this is so funny, is that uh, Justice Minister Casey Madu and his his ministry are getting rid of traffic court. They're getting rid of your ability to like contest tickets. And, and let's get into, there's still some more reporting here that I want to read out here. So Madu, who is the UCP MLA for Edmonton Southwest, and I'll just jump in here, the only UCP MLA in Edmonton, paid the ticket before the end of that week, according to court records. The chief said that during the call, Madhu, who is black, expressed concern about people of color being stopped by police and separately political tension with the Lethbridge Police Service. At the time, the provincial government was preparing to step in after reports of unlawful surveillance and database searches conducted by Lethbridge officers on NDP MLA Shannon Phillips during her time as environment minister. The minister confirmed those details. The officer indicated that he had observed me driving while distracted, alleging that I was on my phone. I disagreed, stating that I was not on my phone, as it was in an inside pocket, Madhu said in a statement issued 12 hours after CBC News asked for comment, which is, again, a very funny dig. Uh, and we'll get into that statement later. Due to the timing of this incident, I wanted to ensure that I was not being unlawfully surveilled following the, contro the controversy surrounding the Lethbridge Police Service. I also raised concerns around profiling of racial minorities that was in the media at the time. Chief, Mc Chief McPhee assured me that this was definitely not the case, and I accepted him at his word. You are uh, shaking your head. Why don't you jump in there, Omar? Ah, there are so many things. And let's start with what he first said, this whole idea of police surveillance after you supposedly open inquiries against the police, and then comparing this case to the Kerry Diot case. So for those who aren't in the know, Kerry Diot current or i guess former, former yeah no correction there former like Edmonton, downtown edmonton uh member of parliament who essentially used to be a journalist for the edmonton journal and the edmonton sun right-wing conservative guy who in the early 2000s wrote critically about the police i'm not sure exactly what his writing was critical of but generally he just wrote a lot of columns that were saying you know we need to deal with this problem whether it be funding whether it be police policy we can go into the details maybe after but the point is is that when he was at a bar he was essentially um put into a situation of potential entrapment when he was surveilled by a police officer followed after leaving the bar with the intention of basically being given a DUI um, or like these police yeah, officers. They, like They tried yeah. to ring him up on a DUI and they failed and it all ended up coming out in the wash, what they were up to. And honestly, it's like the coolest thing that Kerry Diot has ever done. Exactly. Right. <laughs> like this is like, this is kudos to him. And like, I, I should say this because um, I probably should have said this earlier. I was sued by Kerry Diot. So I used to, when I was a student journalist at the paper at the U of A, I, I had I went through a defamation lawsuit when we we published that he had a statement of making you know he had a history of making uh, racist remarks or statements after he posed with a photo um, he posed for a photo with Faith Goldie but um, that makes Carrie D out pretty cool that might be the only cool thing about him but he's quickly turned on that and you know he, he's a big supporter of police but I think what I do want to say about this idea is that. Um, Police in Alberta and in Canada have been given all the tools, almost all the power and resources and mandate to essentially surveil, follow, detain, um, you know, yeah, give fines to basically anyone at basically any time. 
whether or not that's overt or obvious or whether or not that follows some kind of, I guess, um, what you may call here a coincidence if you believe the official record, um, I think is like up in the air because if, you know, every time someone, whether it be a politician or a private individual, criticizes police um, and then, you know, gets into a situation <laughs> where they're caught breaking a crime or they're su- they're suspected or alleged of breaking a crime, um, drawing that direct correlation um, is going to be a, a tricky thing to do. And quite honestly, I think more power to you if you want to draw that correlation because you have historical precedent. But I think the underlining thing that we should focus on is the fact that they have that power to begin with. And we should maybe question the fact that they can do these things and that should be the focus, not necessarily these individual cases that are sometimes or mostly obvious where police see someone doing something that they don't like. And then like in Lethbridge with the police and uh, the NDP MLA, follow them, harass them, surveil them. You know the, the, the drill. I think one of the funniest parts of this entire episode is that Casey Madu, I mean, it, whether he's saying this seriously or not who knows but the casey Madu is putting out this statement where he is honestly positioning himself as someone who would be targeted by the police like okay pull apart the fact that he is like you know a black man and black black man face all sorts of bullshit with cops like as a justice minister like the shit he has done he is undeniably pro cop a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah and to think that like he would be targeted because of his work as justice minister is is like it's just very funny because it's so um like except for <laughs> unhinged the, it's so unhinged and it's except for the singular issue of opening up a, a, a provincial inquiry into the Lethbridge police but other than that his track record is very clear his public statements are very clear he supports the police he supports funding the police he does oh, yeah, he not was like, he, he, got, yeah. he he always when the defund the police stuff was happening he was saying like no like we don't do that in fact i might like make it so that it make, might make it impossible for cities to defund the police or punish police for or punish cities for defunding police like yeah and I, the other funny part of this is that casey madu is calling the cop a liar and saying that the cop racially profiled him you know he said that the the police officer pulling him over for talking on his phone in a school zone where he's like, no, I, that's not true. I just had it in my pocket the whole time. And it's like, okay, man, well, like, I think that's, you're going to get a reaction to just calling a police, uh, police officer yeah. a liar. And like, you know, cops make up shit all the time. Maybe they're lying. I don't care. But it's, it's like, in this case, I don't care, but it's like, as the justice minister, you call a cop a liar, like people are going to push back and, and we'll get into that later in the, in the pod with um, uh, Michael Elliott's statement. But it's it's very funny and then and then this story breaks and uh casey madu puts out a statement on social media at 10 30 p.m <laughs> which is always a good oh, sign man, yeah. <laughs> posting after work hours yeah always a good sign when you're when you're posting 14 part tweet threads at 10 30 p.m uh and i'll just quote some of it from it now because it, again it's quite funny and some of it was was quoted in that cbc article but it's again it's worth pulling apart i think Uh, Quote, many have reached out to me wanting to know the circumstances of the ticket that I received and my subsequent call call to the Edmonton Police Service Chief, Dale McPhee. I have issued a formal statement to the media. The premier has also issued a statement on his planned course of action. On the morning of March 10th, I was scheduled to meet with the media at the rotunda of the legislature before question period to address their questions and speak to matters concerning the Lethbridge Police Service. Minutes after leaving my way home 
on the on my way to the legislature, I was pulled over by an officer of the EPS. The officer indicated that he had observed me driving while distracted, alleging that I was on my phone. I disagreed, stating that I was not on my phone, as it was in an inside pocket. To be absolutely clear, my phone was inside the left-hand side pocket of my suit, and I was wearing a winter jacket. I identified myself and drove away. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> identified myself and drove away. Later, yeah. I, later, I spoke to Chief McPhee to share the experience I had just had, and specifically for two reasons. First, due to the timing of the incident, I wanted to ensure that I was not being unlawfully surveilled following the Lethbridge Police Service controversy, and in particular, given the fact that I was on my way to the legislature on a day that I was meeting with the media to address and discuss answers around calls for the action to deal with the ongoing issues at the Lethbridge Police Service. If I can just jump in here and just say that Casey Madu is a lawyer, and I feel like people working in this field, you know, they like to talk about, you know, evidence. And they like to talk about, you know, when allegations are made or you know we have this you know um we follow the rule of law we follow due process all these kind of things these are serious allegations like very loaded very serious allegations that their surveillance of a cabinet minister because he is doing something to cops 500 kilometers away this is like conspiracy between lethbridge police and between edmonton police this is like yeah like surveillance this is like presupposing that our elected officials are somehow you know susceptible to surveillance by the police that are maybe you know above them (laughs) and like but all of this is also done in a context where there is no real physical evidence it's a he said she said like true if the cop sticks to his story like there's nothing madu can do and 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 he paid the ticket exactly so he paid the ticket so if we're going along the same lines that we would i guess if this person wasn't casey matter let's say this is like a general person on the street you know comes to us and says you know yeah i was followed by the police they stopped me i had my phone in my pocket they said i didn't and it was a black dude I would probably believe him. You know, I'd probably give him the benefit of the doubt. I'd probably say, yeah, that's messed up. Happens. Oh, I'm pretty Yeah. Far too often. Um, but yeah, this, this, this added layer on top of it, this is, this is the problem. You know, the stop itself, I think is one thing all all together, but the context of him literally on his way to announce and speak to media about the Lethbridge police it's just and, icing and on the cake. Be, and to be clear, he never actually did anything about the Lethbridge police. He like said some like vaguely threatening words and then like an action plan was created and, and nothing has still happened with the Lethbridge police. And Shannon Phillips is still trying to get justice for the illegal surveillance and harassment that she faced. Let's get back to the Madhu uh, statement because, again, it's very funny. Second, I also raised concerns around profiling of racial minorities that was in the media at the time and wanted the chief to hear about my own experience as minister. These were concerns that were constantly being brought to my attention. The reason I was proceeding in the legislature with Bill 63 to ban carding, which I tabled for first reading on April 7th, 2021, I wanted to share this personal experience and encounter with the chief of police. Chief Chief McPhee assured me that this was definitely not the case, and I accepted him at his word. Well... There you case go. Closed. Yeah, case closed, right? I guess. I thought that I was being surveilled and uh, illegally harassed by cops, but then I asked him and he said, ask. But then these are two separate issues, right? Because is this police officer only acting on this Lethbridge police conspiracy that he's, you know, created. supposedly yeah. created? Or is this officer acting solely on the fact that it's Casey Madu and he's just another random black person? Because we're just assuming that if the first part or the first accusation that he initially had was true, that this officer knew what car he was driving or maybe knew where he lived or maybe knew his face in order to 
make this plan work if it was related to the Lethbridge stuff. But then, yeah, there's the other thing about him just being a black guy. And then, you know, yeah, taking the word, oh, no, it's not racism. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Just case like, closed. Whatever. Yeah, case closed. Uh, back to the statement. I want to be abundantly clear. At no point did I request that the ticket be rescinded. I can, sure, I can assure that in my life I would never do any such thing. That said, with hindsight, now I see how that may be perceived. Wow. There's a saying that perception is everything in politics, and I regret raising the issue at all with Chief Fee. I paid the ticket fully and promptly. In my role as Justice Minister and Solicitor General, I have worked diligently to ensure we, have, we build a province in which all of us, no matter the circumstances of our birth, economic, religious, social, or cultural background, can feel respected and welcome. Uh, da, 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 just a bunch of like cop-loving stuff at the end. That's about it. Um, so yes, that's Casey Madu's statement. Again, tweeted out at 10.30 p.m. on the same day that this story broke. Uh, yeah, like just wanted to talk about carding and police profiling. Like, like let's take a second to talk about that because... Casey Madu's again, the timelines on this aren't really correct because he didn't introduce his carding bill until after this had happened. Uh, but what happened to Casey Madu was not carding. No, like, that's driving while black. Exactly. Which is uh, different because police and and no and Casey Madu has not introduced any legislation to do anything about like the fact that police pretty much have ultimate discretion at any time to pull you over if you're driving a, driving a car for yeah, any reason. Any reason. Yeah. And so uh, that's just like a definition thing. Like, I have thought about and, and and written a lot about carding over the years and just like the justice minister being like carding, like that's no, not carding, man. Um, the, the other thing too, like <sighs> the profiling of racial minorities. I mean, you talked about it, right? Again, the, the thing that is true here is that they, black people get put, people get pulled over for driving while black all the time. Yeah. And maybe Casey, that's why Casey Madu got pulled over. Maybe maybe that, I don't know. <laughs> we don't, I mean, if, if the cop sticks to his story, there's really no way to fucking know. Yeah. And he paid his ticket anyway. So we're, we're really, I mean, maybe something comes out in the inquiry. We'll never know. And yeah, being pulled over while driving out black is like a way that, you know, white supremacy happens and that police kind of like are dicks to black people. Yeah. But like Casey Madu had to, had to have it, had to have it happen to him. And then his way of dealing with it wasn't like holding a press conference or, uh, you know, putting in legislation around driving while black. <laughs> Or you know, doing a public awareness campaign, it was this, calling Chief McPhee. It's concerning. Yeah. So, like, some people publicly defended the fact of the call as you know this idea that you know if he did have those concerns, which some people might say you know were rightful concerns, if you know we're believing his story over the police officer, um, which you know obviously some black people might be inclined to do. Um, if we do believe those things, um, then, you know, the car, the call might be justified, you know, the first black justice minister, um, contacting, you know, the chief of police. I think fundamentally a reason why it isn't, obviously you mentioned a few, there are a lot more, but I think another reason why is the broken police accountability system in Alberta. You know, if you go through something more, like much more extreme, you know, than what Casey Maddie went through, such as like a police officer um, violently attacking you, someone um, breaking into your house or, you know, doing things like that. Um, you are going to go through a process that is sometimes years on end to actually see justice um, and requires you to do a lot more than just pick up the phone and call the police chief in order to get, you know, personal justification or validation 
that whatever was done to you was done, you know, in good faith or, you know, is you shouldn't be concerned or you shouldn't be worried about, you know, any other things that are happening, you know, regarding surveillance or anything like that. So this kind of system where, you know, one justice minister can, you know, use his power, use his connections to have this conversation on a personal matter that impacts him where he thinks that police are being unaccountable um, versus the rest of the public who I'd argue have gone through um, many, 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 many um, worse situations than Casey Madu. Um, but yeah, don't get the same luxury. Don't get the same privilege that he does to just pick up the phone. So again, like, is it conceivable that Casey Madu, a British justice minister, was, was pulled over for driving while black? I think that's the the thing that is maybe the most likely out of all of this. Mm-hmm. But everything else that he says is like is pretty laughable. And the reason why it's easy to dismiss Casey Madu is that he is simply not a credible figure. No. He has said numerous just like pulled out of his ass incorrect things like all the time like like Casey Vidu is the type of guy who who's like he's the uncle who'll tell you that he can like throw a football over a mountain like oh there, yeah there is huge uncle energy coming off of Casey Madu and it's like again we've got the receipts but like you have any like uncle thoughts on uh on Casey Madu yeah no the uncle threw the football over the mountain while he was finishing his physics PhD and running for president in Nigeria it's all real and just like yeah a lot of very very ridiculous things and we have like a quote here I think that's just like perfect um, yeah let me give you the setup for this so it's like this is just an example of Casey Medu saying a ridiculous thing but it came to light that like some guy um, who was sitting on this like judge nominating committee had a history of saying racist, sexist, anti-Semitic conspiracy theory shit. And then he resigned, and then there was an exchange between NDP members and Casey Madu in the legislature. And this this is what he said. Go ahead. So in the context of the legislature, I'll kind of embellish here. So thank you, Mr. Speaker. Before the House's government motion 24 that was tabled by our premier to deal with precisely with this particular issue, If you look around the world and look at jurisdictions where blacks are having so much difficulty around our world, most of those jurisdictions are controlled by the left-leaning NDP and their allies. As I said, this is not a matter that I am prepared as a black man to allow the NDP to play politics with. And on this one, on this one, I am going to make sure that you guys do not play politics with, of course, blacks. (laughs) <laughs> the NDP and their what? allies. Like what? The NDP and their allies, their left-leaning allies around the world, are engaged in a worldwide conspiracy to keep blacks down. Omar, <laughs> which, like, if it wasn't under this context that Casey Maddow was speaking of, um, like his last statement is like, "Yeah, play politics with blacks." Like, okay, yeah, the, the Democratic Party has definitely um, monopolized and like swindled black voters for for years and decades um, with like very weak neoliberal policy but um to like imply this like (laughs) cross-border conspiracy to imply this uh so-called um (laughs) you know the jurisdictions where blacks have having so much difficulty you know this is simply because they're being controlled by uh democrats uh common myth like or like what what like Emmanuel Macron, like the Labour Party is not in power in the UK. Like, what left-leaning allies is he yeah. even referencing? Like, 
Yeah, uh, I think I think maybe this is like the like thing Bolivia? with like Bolivia. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's California. I think it's, it's again, like it's yeah, big, it's yeah. big uncle energy where he's just like yeah. I'm just gonna make up shit. Just make and up so a like, random statement. And yeah. so like after the murder of George George Floyd, there was a big like Black Lives Matter solidarity rally in Edmonton. And and after it happened, it kind of Casey Medu had like a public pissing match between himself and the NDP that went on for like several days actually, and Medu asserted like without evidence, he just like cut videos and like did 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 a media uh, like hits where he was just saying this. He asserted without evidence that he had been uninvited from speaking at the event because of a conspiracy between NDP and BLM activists. And like I don't remember the like every fucking detail of this stupid story but he he like repeated this line about this like conspiracy between ndp and blm activists to keep him away from speaking at this rally like over and over and over again you remember this i do vividly remember that and i i remember how hurt his feelings were publicly about not being invited to this yeah like very clearly left-wing moment um and yeah i think (laughs) it was very funny to i guess see him I guess he it's it's difficult for a politician like Casey Maru to criticize groups like BLM directly or private citizens who have taken it upon themselves to yeah join groups make speeches be involved in what they deem to be important policy change when it comes to racism and policing um so I think for him the best tactic is to just ascribe this connection to the NDP that really doesn't exist and then just like attack that as, you know, an excuse to say, you know, yeah, all these people are, you know, in the same camp. They're in a conspiracy with the NDP. This is awful. They're holding me down as a black man. I should be able to speak at the, you know, black people event, um, which I think also is just like this is this is an entire lesson and example of the dangers of treating groups as like monoliths and like understanding, you know, black people as this, you know, singular block of, you know, opinion or thought, or, (laughs) you know, when bad things happen to us, you know, all the leader, everyone has to be, you know, at the table to somehow give their two cents when it's just like, no, this just operates how any other group operates. It's just chaos. And, and there isn't one unified thing or anything like that. It, all of it, I think, if anything, the unified thing is like power and like the need to like ascend um, the economic ranks. That is the unifying uh, factor in the black community. <laughs> and, and back to uh, Casey Madu saying like stupid uncle shit. Like he, uh, there's another one. This is from May 2021. He's posted this on his Facebook. Um, it's. It's again uh, very funny. While I hear the anger and disappointment of our people, I will continue to urge calm and patience and cooperation as we near the end of this pandemic. This is back in May 2021. (laughs) I I ask that we don't tear ourselves down and hand over Alberta to the NDP. We have done so before and it did not go well for us. And in my view, we will be making a monumental mistake doing so again because conservatives disagree on the pandemic restrictions response. And then later on, he says... My point is that I don't think it will be responsible to simply wait until we have a disaster on our hands. That's what the NDP, the media, and the federal liberals were looking for and want. We simply couldn't allow that to happen. (laughs) So again, this is like some Facebook post about the pandemic response. And he says that the NDP, the media, and the federal liberals want uh assist like they want field hospitals they want to run out of ventilators like again he's just like he's just like talking out of his ass like he does this all the time yeah i i i am i am no fan of the alberta ndp or the federal ndp for that matter but i think this is a great learning 
lesson for NDP partisans because I think they have a natural and inherent impulse to, I guess, want to reach over the aisle or like create policy that has this like inherent consensus so that they aren't perceived or actually, you know, left wing or do things that, you know, impact the masses. But when you look at the other side of the coin, UCP seems to think that the left and the NDP are basically devils who want to, you know, see the world descend into chaos. Demons. Uh, yeah. They're demons <laughs> they, who are out to get us. <laughs> they want the world to descend into chaos and mass hysteria, people eating each other. So, yeah, if, if the NDP ever get into power, just, like, remember what these people that you care so much about and want to emulate their policy actually think of you because... So, again, more Casey Madu is not a credible figure shit. Um so back in 2020 and 2021, there was a rash of attacks against visibly Muslim black women here in Edmonton. And in response to this, Casey Madu wrote a letter to the federal justice minister um, asking for not like action on this or a task force or a committee or a panel or money. He was asking to make pepper spray legal for everyone to carry and use, specifically like minority women. <laughs> incredible. Truly Incredible. Truly incredible. Yeah. Yes, this was his. This was his solution to like a uh, series of hate crimes. Um, pepper spray for all. That's literally the like Edmonton Sun headline. Justice Minister Casey Madu wants pepper spray for all. Quite literally. Yeah. Yeah. There aren't enough weapons on the street. I guess. Yeah. If you consider pepper spray a weapon, which like you probably should. <laughs> like, I wouldn't yeah. want to get desperate. I wouldn't definitely not want that in my face. Nope. Casey Madu uh, is also the kind of guy who uh, would go out of his way to get a civil servant fired uh, after being called out by that same civil servant on Twitter. So after this whole uh, this whole uh, rigmarole and event with the, the NDP and the BLM activists conspiring to keep him away from the uh, the event, he got into a Twitter exchange with just like some rando on Twitter with like an anonymous account. But Madhu and his uh, press secretary actually managed to track down who this guy was. And it wasn't like obvious who he was. Um, like it wasn't in his profile. He didn't say that he was a public servant uh, in Alberta, but by hook or by crook, they ended up figuring out that this guy was employed by the government of Alberta, like at the like Alberta surface rights board or something innocuous. And they got him fired uh, for it. (laughs) And, and then uh, eventually this was appealed. This went to the labor relations board and this guy won his case. He, the, the, the arbitrator in the case said that like this guy never should have been fired. It could have just been a minor discipline thing. And that like, there was some uh, hilarious shit in that decision. And, and, and according to my sources, actually, um, within government, and hilariously, like, there are, because, like, it's a sinking ship and people will want to talk. Uh, like, Casey Madu really sees his job as the, like, the chief rat hunter. Like, he's the guy who wants to root out, like, liberals and new Democrats and lefties and, like, anyone who harbors any kind of, like, uh, kind of bad thought uh he he really like is, is sees it as his job to kind of like dig into it, find them, get them uh, either run out or like demoted or whatever. Right. Like this is all anecdotal. Uh, but I mean, we've got this one example with the uh, the uh, the civil servant where he lost the case. Um, but OK, that's our like all of our like we just pulled like you literally just Google like Casey Madu controversy and like see what comes up. It's very funny. Yeah. But I think another angle on this that I wanted to talk to you about, Omar, was like the media angle. Because it's like, I mean, it's very funny that like Madhu was undone here by like someone who, I mean, I imagine someone must have told the media where to look about where to find the traffic ticket. 
and that uh, and like what happened because Don Bray, the 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 scab columnist with the Calgary Herald, he was reporting that people in Kenny's in the premier's office, so maybe not Jason Kenny himself, he wouldn't go that far, but people in Kenny's office knew about this back when it happened, and that uh, if that was the case, then um, lots of people must have known about it. And someone, I mean, my theory, and maybe you can kind of expound on how you think it got to the media, because again, this happened back in March. Mm-hmm. It didn't come out until January, which is that someone told the media where to look. I don't think, I think kudos to the CBC for dig, doing all the digging and getting the quotes from Chief McPhee and all that. But I, I got a feel that like someone told him where to look. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that's exactly what happened. I feel like CBC uh, and the reporters um, in Calgary, Elise von Stolte and Elise von Schiel, von Schiel, and Janice I, Johnston. I butchered that name. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I feel like they have good sources inside the government that alerted them that this happened basically when it did. And like you said, I feel like you, as a reporter, especially at a publication like CBC, you can't write an article without these kind of documents that back them, at least not, you know, just on, you know, anonymous quotes from government staffers that probably don't even want to be anywhere close to this because it's a small circle when this information, you know, gets spread. So they're going to know who brought it to the media. But yeah, so I think that's exactly what happened. They were told, you know, look here, FOIP this, then you'll probably find what you need to write this story. Um, which I think is, is a good thing that, you know, journalism is happening at that level. Um, yeah, I think it goes both ways because the same author who wrote this story was someone who was big on publishing major stories about, um, uh, Minister Shandro who used to be... Well, she wrote that puff piece about Chandra. Exactly. That was very embarrassing. That oh, was man. very She's, I mean, to be fair to Elise yeah. Shield, she did break the Devon Dreeshin, uh She did. Was a, like an abusive drunk story. Oh, yeah. She did break uh, the Tracy Allard story. And again, I feel like this is because she's cultivated sources within the UCP, which yeah. is always a, a balance of exactly. like access journalism versus like, cause at some point you got to burn those people, right? Yep. Or, or those people are able to, or leave. I mean, one of the reasons why I think at least someone like at least Von Schiel and her kind of like brand of journalism has done well in Alberta is because so many people are leaving the UCP <laughs> and they just like, they yeah. don't care about pissing off their boss anymore because they're not there anymore. Nope. And so it's a, it's a really interesting, uh, uh, like paradigm that we're in here in, in kind of like Alberta journalism, because like, you know, Charles Rusnell, Jenny Russell, like typically they don't, they would never write something like that fucking Chandro no. <laughs> puff piece that Elise Funchill wrote. Never. Um, but like, but then they probably wouldn't have cultivated those sources in the first place. Right. And they, they're depending on other ways to verify their information. So it's, it's always a balance. Uh, I definitely lean more towards the like Charles Rusnell, Jenny Russell type of reporting. Um, but like the reason why the stuff that Alicia Von Schill does like is because it's, it's a lot easier and it's a lot less time intensive. I mean, it's not necessarily easier, but you're, you're doing a lot less like digging through public documents and like going to the courthouse and like doing a lot of like shoe leather reporting. Um, there's a couple final, there's a couple of, of final notes on this before we close up. And that is our friend at the Edmonton police service, uh, chief McPhee. Uh, one of the reasons uh, and this is purely speculation on my part, but but I feel it's important to bring it up in the context of Chief McPhee's uh, conversation with Casey Madu. One of the reasons why Chief uh, why Casey Madu may have felt comfortable calling up Chief McPhee is that back in the summer of 2020, uh, Chief McPhee attended a UCP fundraiser 
this was a fundraiser attended by multiple cabinet ministers and even Jason Kenney. Uh, one of their feature events at this fundraiser is where MLAs dress up in T-Rex costumes and race against each other in a 100-meter dash. Um, so we confirmed that Chief McPhee attended this event uh, with a friend of his, uh, a guy who runs a business selling ankle bracelets. Uh, and we've put in some FOIPs to see if there's any type of business relationship there between him and the EPS. Uh Chief McPhee swears up and down that he's not a donor of the UCP, that he's not a member, uh, that he was just there as a guest. Uh, but I feel it's a bit of context that's worth adding to this conversation. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's very useful. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard to find real evidence of, you know, major connections between the chief and the UCP outside of your, you know, good original reporting, Duncan, on that story. But um yeah, I think it's it's necessary context. I feel like it's important to highlight the fact that this isn't just another relationship. These aren't, you know, two groups that haven't, you know, been in the same circles or at least not, you know, completely removed outside of their job titles even. Because, like, obviously, if you're justice minister or if you're the provincial government, you're going to have a major relationship with the chief of police. But yeah. oh, it's a, like a like a, a business. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like a, a professional, business, relationship. A professional relationship. But when that relationship extends to political fundraisers um, with the premier and it's worth and it's yeah, worth bringing it's... up here, too, that Chief McPhee comes from uh, he's the deputy minister of like corrections and policing in Saskatchewan. And you do not rise to the position of deputy minister in Saskatchewan without uh the Saskatchewan party trusting you. Exactly. And the Saskatchewan party is like the right wing government that runs Saskatchewan. And, um, you know, he's brought over uh, former Saskatchewan party staffers to work in his office. Like chief McPhee's a political animal. He's not a fucking idiot. No. And, and like, you know, we asked him in the most recent, uh, police commission meeting, if this question, right? Like, did, do you think Casey Madu felt comfortable calling you because you had attended a, a, um, UCP fundraiser six months prior. And he was like, Oh, that's a bit of a stretch, but of like, what else is he going to say? Right. Um, it's, it's, uh, again, it's, it's not the be all end all of this story, but it's just a, a wrinkle, uh, that is worth exploring and talking about. Mm-hmm. And finally, Omar, I think where we have to close is something again, that makes this story funnier and even funnier is the president of the Edmonton police association, a staff sergeant, newly promoted staff sergeant, Michael Elliott, uh, going after Casey Madu on Twitter. Yeah, no, this was like a, all, we didn't have to say anything. This guy said it for us, you know, like he had the strongest words for Madu. Like truly. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. No. And this is the backlash to when you call a cop a liar, right? Oh, 100%. This is, yeah, no. So here's the statement from Staff Sergeant Michael Elliott. It's, it's, it's great. Uh, quote, I personally know the member who issued the ticket, and to make an erroneous assumption he was surveilling you is shameful and preposterous, exclamation point. There is a complaint process if you had a legit issue. Calling chief directly is over the line, and you know better than that as the minister. The audacity and arrogance is very clear, and you are not deserving to be the minister of justice, who is supposed to represent all citizens in a fair and impartial manner. This is this is a shots fired. Uh, yeah, shots fired. This is a very, very, very strong statement, and I feel like this isn't the first you know strong statement we've seen from the president of the police union. And um, you know he's come out against the city for the public safety and well-being task force. Our community safety and well-being task force, but yeah, I think um, one thing it's it's nice to see the right publicly infighting for once and not the left. Um, and 
this adds a wrinkle to the story that I think is um, interesting because, yeah, like you said before, Madu is a big supporter of police, but now he is going head to head with, you know, the president of the province's biggest police force. So, so yeah, I, I just don't have know. To say, <laughs> I just have to say that personally, I am very here for this Twitter bun fight and I enjoy it greatly. Uh, you know, let them fight, um, you know, yeah. the, the clip from the Godzilla movie. I am very pleased to see this happening because, again, like in almost any other context, the head of the Edmonton Police Association, the cop union, though, let's be real, their cop union isn't a real union and cops aren't workers. But the head of the cop union and the president, the like UCP conservative, the UCP justice minister would almost always be singing from the same fucking song sheet on on any fucking issue. Always. And uh, and here they are saying like resign, bitch. Literally saying. Yeah. And and like 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 there was no need to go this hard. No. And he went that hard. Oh, yeah. And so. Yeah, like it's very funny. So I mean, it is. It's, I, you know, the 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 final piece on this is, of course, you know, the this inquiry that Jason Kenny has called into it is going to happen, and you know, phone logs will presumably be checked, and <laughs> and uh, people will be interviewed and what oh have you. God. But but ultimately, I don't think it really fucking matters what happens oh, with this inquiry. No, 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 no. I mean, I think Madhu is done as a political oh, figure in this province. He's done. Like. The he simply has no shot at winning an election within the Edmonton city limits. Like he's the only UCP MLA within the Edmonton city limits. There is not going to be any UCP MLA elected within the Edmonton city limits in the next uh, provincial general election. And so, you know, I think Casey Medu should really just like enjoy the next, you know, 15 months, you know, you get paid a lot of money mm-hmm. you get, I mean, night right now he doesn't have a lot of status cause he's like stepping back as justice minister, but you know, there's worse things. You take a vacation, hang out with your kids, go for walks. Like, you know, you're getting like 200 grand a year or whatever. Again. Yeah. Enjoy your time. I'm sure you'll be well taken care of. There's lots of opportunities uh, for like former conservative politicians. <laughs> He's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, but yeah, like what's what's your thoughts? How do you think this 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 settles out in the end? I think ultimately what we're going to see is kind of. Going back to the official statements, mostly released by the chief and kind of a vindication of, you know, any of these concerns. But Madhu will probably go back and say, you know, oh, yeah, I already knew that these were, you know, vindicated. But, you know, I made a fumble. I was right to, you know, think these things. So, you know, everything is copacetic. It's fine, you know, but. Yeah, like maybe the the, the inquiry will probably say, oh, yeah, he probably shouldn't have called the police. Chief. Exactly. That that's is... what's that's that's going to be the main finding, I think, of the inquiry is just like, don't call the police chief if you are justice minister. And, and you get a you know, ticket. Exactly. <laughs> and you get a ticket. If it's if you don't have a scheduled meeting to talk about, I don't know, the police act or anything else that you know, just don't do it. If you get a ticket, don't do just don't call the police chief yeah, of the force who issued you the ticket. Just don't do it. Simple 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 math um so yeah i think that's the outcome and then obviously maybe arguably the bigger outcome is yeah casey Mato loses you know definitively in his seat in edmonton and i guess that's the end of like he'll be around uh, I mean, yeah these, no, no, these, no he'll these, be around yeah that's these, true you know uh, these conservative officials are all, you know they're never far from the public no. consciousness there's always like a job for them or somewhere for them for some soft landing for them to find yeah to be right so well, I think that's the like the conclusion of our of this kind of hilarious, you know, UCP scandal. One of the funniest to have happened, and in you know, in with a, a lot of scandals on the books, really. Oh yeah, uh, Omar, we're we're coming to the end of the podcast. It's time to plug your pluggables. How can people follow along with you and your work? 
So you can follow my podcast, Is This For Real? Um, we talk about issues of policing, issues that impact black people in Edmonton. Um, and yeah, we're on Twitter at Is This For Real CA. And um, yeah, we have also we also have a website as well that you can uh, visit. The link to that in the show notes. And also, if you're not subscribed to Is This For Real, you should subscribe. It's a really good podcast. But if you like this podcast and you want to join the 500 or so other folks who help keep this little independent media project going... There's a really easy way for you to do it. it. There's a link in the show notes. You can also go to theprogressreport.ca slash patrons. You put in your credit card. You become a monthly donor. You give whatever you can, $5, $10, $15 a month. Jim and I would really appreciate it. Also, if you have any notes, thoughts, comments, things you think I need to hear, uh, I am on Twitter at Duncan Kinney, and you can reach me by email at duncank at progressalberta.ca. Uh, thank you to Jim Story for editing this podcast. Thank you to Cosmic Famu Communist for our amazing theme. Thank you for listening, and... Goodbye.